the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Love never inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern-day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly set love, set the captives each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. Now, here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with a very special guest from San Mateo area, San Mateo County. We're so excited to hear about all the great things that actually, I think, some new things that are going to be going on in San Mateo County. But before I introduce her, I want to just welcome my partner in justice, Miss Benita Hawkins. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hey, Vanessa. Hey there. And Benita is wearing a very nice lime green shirt. She's looking spiffy today. Oh. oh. And we have in studio with us Amanda yes. LeBlanc Freeman, who is the, did you like that? LeBlanc Freeman, uh, <laughs> like program that. director. Um, she is a program director uh, for Rape Counseling Services, is it? Rape Trauma Services. R- rape Trauma Services in San Mateo County, doing some amazing work. Mm-hmm. Working with um, exploited uh, women, men, children, mm-hmm. and um, and their families, yep, and uh, amongst other things, and so I, I I just think it's amazing work that you're doing. I just had the opportunity to meet with you last week, I think, or a couple weeks ago, where we had an all hands in, in talking about how to put together a protocol and and bring some dedicated roles to bear in terms of law enforcement, in terms of uh, uh, client services, bring those resources to bear in San Mateo County. It was pretty cool, right? Yeah, it was wonderful. I think it's one of the first times that we really had all the decision makers in the same place. Yeah. And also to see kind of the high level and then down to kind of the ground level support that's kind of swelling up in San Mateo County to mm-hmm. really make change. I think it was a really, really positive move forward. Yeah, I was I was so impressed with the leaders, um, yes. the heart of your captain mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, police chief rather, and uh and as well as your, you know, the DA and I mean, just everybody is all in. Yeah, it's great. It's really it's really been building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the the changes that they're about to make, I think, are really going to start making a difference in sort of the collaboration yes. that has been so informal. Yeah. You know, amongst sort of the service providers and then also for those who haven't sort of 
bought in yet, it's going to really put pressure on them to yeah. kind of come to the table and really start making change in San Mateo County for those who are exploited. Yeah. You know, I, I just, uh, what I love, so San Mateo County, it's kind of an interesting, so we have the opportunity to go to these different county meetings and, and kind of experience the culture of the county, right? Yeah. And San Mateo County is very laid back. And I love that about San Mateo County, actually, um, because you don't feel like I at least I didn't feel a lot of that political maneuvering Mm -hmm. and whatnot going on in the room. So that was like, yes, people who just want to come together and just make a difference. Yes. But I will say that sometimes some of that edginess does propel you into getting stuff done. And so I'm excited. I don't know who's gotten the edge in there. Maybe right. you probably did it, Amanda. I bet you put the edge in there. I bet you did it. But you know, <laughs> San Mateo County, what, in 2011, so yeah. now about six years, was the first county, to my knowledge, who was the first county who's um, put on a zero tolerance to trafficking, headed by, um, led by Congresswoman Jackie Spear. Oh, yeah, that's right. And um, each of the six police chiefs came together that day. I remember that day. It was really, um, I said, you know, something is about to happen here. Now, has it been slow and going? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think that's the laid backness. Yes, maybe, that's what I mean. That, yeah, yeah. That you feel and that you're speaking of. But it, it has a <clears throat> safe feeling, too. Yes. Yes. Like, you know, because because there's some places where everyone's doing a whole lot. But I wonder how much care mm-hmm. the survivors are really going to experience mm-hmm. um, because of the intentions mm-hmm. of the people that are are, are, are doing very aggressively doing the mm-hmm. work with certain goals and motivation mm-hmm. in mind. And, and I just lo- I appreciate that that I, I believe the hearts are in the right p- place mm-hmm. yes. in San Mateo County to actually make a difference mm-hmm. And actually um, provide safe havens, if you will. Um, I had the opportunity to meet with Cora uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe three months ago, and I love their executive director. I think mm-hmm. T- Tashina or Tashana. Uh, she, she's out on maternity leave. I met Tanisha. Tanisha, thank you. Um, she's their program director for their housing mm-hmm. program, and mm-hmm. I mean, these women—they are so loving and nurturing, mm-hmm. yes. and um, and structured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you need both as they should be. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm excited. So yeah. tell me about you, Amanda. You know, oh. So, so how did you, you've been doing this for 20 years, right? And, uh, and, uh, it's not an easy bit of work. How did you fall into this? <laughs> well, uh, thank you for having me, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> Both of you. Uh, so I started, actually, I took my first rape crisis training when I was 17 years old. Oh. So I, I, I moved to Chico to go to college hmm. and decided that I wanted to do something volunteering. And this just kind of called to me. Hmm. Um, and so I took the first training and then I had to wait about six weeks to turn 18 in order to actually like take the test and go on the lines. <laughs> and then I did 80 hours the first month, eight zero. Wow. So automatically favorite volunteer. Right. right. So, and they, were like, yeah. And then they were like, we should hire you. And so I started doing prevention education, um, which severely limited my social life in Chico. Um, I was sent <laughs> out. a big problem in Chico. <laughs> it is. That's, That's what you do. Okay. That's yeah. right. So since I was a young Oh, my gosh. I just got this flash of you, Amanda. So whenever I show up to parties. Yes. 
they're like, here's the human trafficking lady. You know, the killjoy is on her way. Right? I have been the rape lady in Northern California <laughs> oh, for oh 20 right. years. <laughs> the rape yeah, lady. the rape lady. And they'd be, and so I'd go and do prevention with, you know, the fraternities and the sororities. And then I'd show up on Saturday night all done up with all my friends. And they were like, yeah, no, not you. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, not welcome at all. Uh-huh. Um, and so I spent a lot of lonely nights uh, eating a lot um, and, uh, and just really found that, you know, I believe that, that this work is an honor and a privilege. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you can do it, you should do it. Mm-hmm. And I can. Yes. Um, so I've continued doing that. I've taken some breaks and done other nonprofit work um, through working with homeless hmm. um, adults and children and families, um, working with um, empathy building groups and also doing um, suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. Um but this is my home. This yeah. is where I feel. This is where I feel my best. This is where I feel safe. Um, and actually, uh, someone I hired in the suicide crisis center called me and said, "RTS needs you. Yeah, please come back." Yeah. And so I did, and I'm never going anywhere. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm so proud to be the rape lady again. I really prefer <laughs> rape prevention lady. Yes, if we're gonna like you, you know yeah. do something different. <laughs> RPL but, yes. exactly. But you know what? If they're saying the word, I'm pretty excited about yeah, it. So right. you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm also a mom. I've got three kids, uh, a 14 year old, an 11 year old and a two year old. Oh, wow. Yes, ma'am. So busy lady. So, um, so, you know, that really informs a lot of the work that I do, obviously. Yes. yes. Um, I have two boys. And so, Mm. um, you know, and then now having a girl, my two year old is a girl and kind of experiencing all Mm. of that sort of Mm. sexism and Mm -hmm. other things and racism and kind of trying to figure out how to do that Mm -hmm. um, has been a really interesting view for me. Um, And so, with Even our, with a two-year-old, right? And we, we can talk about that. Oh, oh my! Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm having that experience with my granddaughter, um, and, and it's funny because I've I thought I was always sort of progressive and open-minded in yes. turn or not. Uh, so so open to uh, hearing different interpretations and whatnot, and mm-hmm. and and. and, and I guess it's because I'm getting older as I look upon my eight month old and I think about some of the pressures. Yeah. My eight month old mm-hmm. granddaughter. Oh, and I think about some of the pressures that are on her even now yes. to be super cute and yes. super nice mm-hmm. and super pink uh-huh. and all of those um, pressures are even, even now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's almost overwhelming to think about mm-hmm. kind of, especially doing this work. Excuse me. You have such a view of the world that is unique mm-hmm. to, I think, doing this kind of work. Yeah. And really being out in the community um, advocating all the time. Yes. Um, and so how do you know, how do you balance, you know, being a mom, being a fun mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And working. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I want to drill down with you about is like, what, what is, you know, we're living in a rape culture. Absolutely. What, what does that mean? I want mm-hmm. our listening audience to understand what rape culture entails mm-hmm. and how we can take some practical steps. Mm-hmm. Women, men, whoever, whoever's listening, how can we take practical steps to start to change that? Absolutely. So when we come back, we'll hear, hear more from Amanda and thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight 
Against Human Trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Amanda LeBlanc Freeman, who is the program director of Rape Trauma Services in in San Mateo County. A little more about her history. Um, She's actually worked at um, the YMCA of Mid-Peninsula and the Monterey County Rape Crisis Center. So you've just been all around. You you got your BA um, from uh, the university, State University in Monterey Bay. So that's where you're originally from. Is that that area? Yes. I grew up in San Jose. San Jose. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I grew up in San Jose, and so Monterey was close enough mm-hmm. to get home if I needed to. Yeah. Um, and also, they offered family student housing. Ah. So both of my boys were born there. Oh, um, oh, cool. And so it was old old military housing that they allowed mm-hmm. students and their families to live in, and they literally came in and hosed down the linoleum in between families and it was just it was but it was amazing it was wonderful wow that would you know that would be like so valuable in this this economy i don't know if they still have it but my couldn't they do yeah monterey bay does yeah because they built on the old fort or yeah right Uh, yeah and so and they gave them the land at a really really good price but the thing i will always remember about it was they had trails and they were like don't go off the trails because they used to do a lot of weapons yeah firing all over Mm. the place and so it was like you could constantly hear like booms and bangs because they were letting off old old ammunition. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was amazing and it was affordable, yes. which, mm-hmm. you know, is it's, a problem. It's so yes. hard now. Yeah. Um, and it was, it just really gave you a place to make, to make a home while you got your degree. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is awesome. And uh, we hope to be doing more in the Monterey area. Um, we've been talking to Monarch and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, just a few folks down there in that area. And there is quite a bit of trafficking occurring mm-hmm. there now as well. And Absolutely. so there's no place that's uh, sort of exempt. Uh, exempt. Yeah. That's a good and there's one. a lot of labor trafficking down there. Yeah. Oh, an yeah. amazing amount of labor yeah. trafficking. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So just thinking a little bit about uh, rape culture what, what you know listening audience is saying what do you mean by that what how would you describe rape culture you know it's it's so encompassing of so many things but i think for me when i think about rape culture i think about the fact that there is such an objectification of of women and men both mm-hmm. That there is an acceptance of sexual assault in our community mm-hmm. and that it's somehow normalized mm-hmm. uh, and even if not accepted, then it is put up with mm-hmm. um, the fact that rape is the only crime where the victim mm-hmm. is asked to justify their behavior mm-hmm. rather than the perpetrator and also Let's let me break that down yeah, for a course. minute. Let, let's let's think about that just for people who are not accustomed to this topic. So think for a moment uh, about um, murdering someone. Uh, there's a you know a a person that is um, been murdered, and to some degree, people ask the question: What are the circumstances that led up to this murder? Was it self defense or was it not? Yes. And I think it's somewhere in there where people mm-hmm. rationalize justifying uh, asking the victim, uh, d- you know, what did you do to cause this? Right. Right. Um, and so uh, I understand the 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 track, the train of thinking that makes you want to ask that question, because somewhere in there we want to believe that bad things only happen to people who deserve it. Absolutely. Right. And, and, and why do we want to believe that? Because we want to believe we can protect ourselves. That's right. From that outcome. 
That's right. And so if we can come up with a scenario that made it happen to someone else or someone else's child, then we can shoo it away from our lives. That's right. Right. Okay. So, so, so that's important for us to break down like that because it's a human thing that we do. And I think we do it in a lot of ways. Like, oh my gosh, those people got, you know, that person was beaten up. Well, that would never happen to me. That person is addicted to drugs. Oh, that would never happen to me. Oh, that person is homeless. That would never happen to me because you've got this formula in your mind Mm -hmm. as to why that occurred. Well, you know, I would never take drugs. Well, guess what? Some people who are addicted were drugged by their parents. Mm -hmm. They were drugged by a family member. Mm -hmm. They were um, medicinal. They were. Yeah. They started off with a medical issue. Exactly. And got hooked. Right. There's so many. So you have to begin. Yeah, you need to ask why. But there's a different place that you come in. So going back to just I just want the the, everyone to listen and and really take it in for yourself. So so this culture where we're victim blaming. Right. Absolutely. And I think also where we I think it, it does create this us versus them and a safety zone, if you will. Yeah. For 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 us. Um, and the the facts are that. Sexual assault crosses all socioeconomics, mm-hmm. all um, identities, demographics, demographics, cities. And yeah. it's very easy to, especially in the Bay Area, where the cavern between the haves and the have nots just mm-hmm. continues to get bigger yeah. and deeper. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to say, well, that only happens in underserved communities. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Unfortunately, some of our statistics actually reflect that. Right. Because if you are a person of means, you can often go to a private doctor. Right. You can get your private attorney. Right. You can get a divorce and move away, relocate. And it's so it's the people who are underserved who end up using public services. Right. And so go into our statistics. Right. And so it can actually it can actually look that way if you aren't looking at the complete picture. Yeah. Well, and I would argue that there is a a, a truth in um, being impoverished causes you to be more vulnerable. Um, You are on a public bus. So there's more public people that have access to you and you're walking down the street in the middle of the night to get to work. And so there's elements of being living in poverty that cause you to be more susceptible to those types of crimes. And so someone who is obviously able to drive from the office to home has a a better chance of not being sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. um, in that in that way. In that absolutely in that scenario. Yes, because but what we know is that stranger assaults are so much less likely to occur rather than it being someone that, you know, and that you trust. There you go. And so it is often those people who, you know, it's the reason why we've we've kind of moved away from self-defense because, you know, it's very difficult to kind of enact when you have those trauma responses mm-hmm. to enact and start beating somebody up who, you know, who's you your love, friend, right. who's your family member, who right. you yeah. may have consented to with, you know, sex right. before or those kinds of things. Right. And so, yeah. And I, I find it interesting that when you were talking about the haves and the have nots, that she has that viewpoint and she comes from a county that has a lot of haves, Oof, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. And, you know, you see the statistics mm-hmm. and she's still seeing, you know, the rise there. Yeah. So to your point that, you know, yes, we are seeing probably a lot of statistics for the impoverished. Yes. Because of the services that they need to t- use yes. in order to get help. But 
if you have, like you said, the means to go another way to cover it up, to cover it up, it's hidden. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. private. Yeah. Yes. It's private. And it and it really reinforces that idea that what happens in the home stays in the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which has been a constant. Um, we've been trying to open that door little by little for 20 years about right. child abuse, about child sexual abuse, about domestic violence mm-hmm. and certainly about sexual assault. Right. This, so so I, I'm taking away just to remind to remind myself as I'm uh, reflecting on this, that. Um, number one, there's these hidden situations that we need to uh, look a little bit more closely at, especially in the more affluent households or mm-hmm. communities mm-hmm. and uh, that that make us susceptible, quite frankly, to uh, future abuse. We know that there's a higher percentage of a second and third incident of rape and abuse when there's been one. Right. Yep. So so that makes us susceptible. And not only that. Uh, we people are suffering in silence and they they're mm-hmm. looking for help. And so can we can we look a little deeper Can mm-hmm. we look a little deeper? We're going to come right back and we're going to talk about some practical things that can be done uh, for as we begin to take on this uh, culture, rape culture in our society. And thank you so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Um, we are in the studio today with Amanda LeBlanc Freeman, who is the program director of Rape Trauma Services in the county of San Mateo. We were talking about rape culture, but before we uh, div- d- dig a little bit further into that, um, we're going to start to be a little bit more um, aware of inviting you to give us your feedback. Tell us how you think the show's going by giving us a call at 844-249-2698. And you can also uh, listen to previous recordings of the show at abolitionradio.org. Um, so do do that. Also like our Facebook page. It's Abolition Radio. Uh, we always put pictures up of our guest speakers and um, we try to make it interactive. We'd love to get some more input from you to hear maybe some topics that might be of interest to you. Also, we want to encourage you to give. Give to the show. Uh, we uh, can't do this without you, uh, and we'd love your support. So just go on to our website, loveneverfailsus.com forward slash donate, uh, and you will be able to donate any amount. This is a great amount for us, and we certainly appreciate all of your support. Uh, I'm a little plug. I had the opportunity to go out to Bay Area Rescue Mission, and I was a keynote speaker last week, and um, and I talked about homelessness. And I talked about uh, poverty and lack of education and lack of access to resources and how that is actually creating a, a, a perfect storm yes. for human trafficking. Mm. Yes. And, uh, you know, in Alameda County, where the uh, homeless rate has increased by 39 percent over the last two years, up to 50, almost 5,700 people with about 80 some odd percent in Oakland. Um, and then in Contra Costa County, 1,607 homeless people. Um, that was the last count. So we've got thousands and thousands. And any given night, 20,000 uh, people are homeless in yes. the Bay Area. You see the growing numbers along the side of the freeway. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. And, you know, homeless encampments. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I know that you provided services to... Um, 
to uh, uh, in a variety of different places in homeless to people who are homeless, to people who are struggling with the suicide ideation. And and there's a correlation here, you know, uh, between all of them. Right. So sad. And and so when we talk about this rape culture, just bringing it back, Mm -hmm. when we talk about this rape culture, it's really uh, it's important to understand. We're talking about a root cause, some root causes here. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts with what you believe and and what you believe about people drives the way that you treat them Mm. and the things that you'll tolerate around you in the way that they are treated. My my daughter, I have a nine-year-old, and she said, this boy called um, one of my friends an idiot Mm. last Friday when she wasn't there. Mm. And when she came back, I made sure to let her know that so-and-so called you an idiot and you guys need to work that out. (laughs) And they're in the fourth grade. And she's already advocating, like, not okay, not on my watch. And I was like, did did he call you an idiot? She said, no. (laughs) And I said, oh, so you just pulled them together and said, y'all need to work this out. I said, boy, this girl, this is my daughter. Yes. Big time. For sure. sure. (laughs) But but how can we, so practical, right? Yeah. Is it start with not allowing Mm. the boy in school to call a young lady in the class an idiot? Or is that oversimplifying it? What is it? Well, I think that all prevention really starts with respect. Mm-hmm. And that through through rape culture, through the uh, over sexualization of youth in general, mm. there is a a distinct lack of communication and respect. Yeah, I think it's also super important for people to understand healthy boundaries. Right? Yes, and to understand what consent is, because a lot of the media portrayals of sexual activity don't involve anyone talking. First of all, right. And certainly don't involve consent. And that's certainly true of the proliferation of pornography. Yeah. That has started even yes. younger and younger. Yes. Um, and the ease of which you can engage right. um, with pornography. Yeah. Um, and that's for boys and girls. And, and you know, I would I would want to stress that this is really important for both girls and boys because we are yes. seeing the statistics for boys coming forward rising. And that's incredibly important. Yes. Because it is a, it is, they are lost. They are lost without intervention and counseling services. And that's how the cycle continues for looking for power and control. So always thinking and feeling that we all need to work together Mm -hmm. and be allies of respect to each other. And then also understanding that, you know, the way that we have learned that relationships happen we may need to rethink those. You know, mm. you need consent every single time you touch someone. Yeah. You know, it's not just for the final act. Right. You need to you need to talk to that person and you need to know that they're on board 110 percent. Yeah. And that no one owes anyone else mm. sexual activity, a kiss, anything. Yeah. Um, and I think that those are the. Those are the bedrocks of the ending cycles of violence prevention curriculum that we do all over San Mateo County, but also where we where we stand within the community about saying no more. Yeah. You know, this can't happen. We have to stop the madness that is rape culture. And we have to start accepting that even in San Mateo County, one of the wealthiest counties in California, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
we need to start putting this issue front and center. We did a good job of it when the Super Bowl was coming to town. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and RTS was certainly part of San Mateo County's, you know, San Mateo County is is a the biggest landmark we have is the San Francisco airport. Right. And so all of those airport hotels right. are right. a hub of right. trafficking. Right. Yes. Right. Um, as well as having a lot of single people with money. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we know that we are the bread and butter of exploiters. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to be to be thinking about that, it's happening all the time and really to raise the water level of awareness. Yeah. Um, around human trafficking and sexual violence. RTS responds to over 400 child and adult cases at the Keller Center every year. Wow. That's more than one a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know that that is the tip of the iceberg of what gets reported. And how mm-hmm. might somebody report um, any anything that has occurred, be it rape or something that feels like it's going to be? Absolutely. Uh, so law enforcement is the first step. Uh, you can also go into any doctor's office or any emergency room and say that you've been sexually assaulted. Um, they will take you to San Mateo General. Um, that's our that's our sort of SART site, sexual assault response team site. Yes. Um, where a sexual assault counselor will be called 24 hours a day and we will come out and we will meet with you, support you and make sure that you're not alone. Yeah. Um, and we are really lucky in San Mateo County. We have 23 police jurisdictions in San Mateo County. Wow. wow. Um, but they have all signed off on a very progressive uh, policy of including rape trauma services. Wow. Wow. And so uh, just a little bit more about San Mateo County. What is the demographic there in San Mateo County? Do you know? Yeah, how, how that I don't have any up? exact numbers off the top of my head, but I can tell you that it is um, it, it's actually broken down into a southern. So in the south is uh, of our county is East Palo Alto, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the border between Santa Clara, um, which has been a historically African-American community, yeah. but also Latino and more and more um, Pacific Islander. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout the sort of middle of the county is very much um, uh, white and Latino. Um, and then in the North County, which is like Daly City, South City, we're seeing a huge um, uh, Pacific Islander Tongan population. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will just put in a plug that RTS always needs Tagalog speakers. Tagalog. Tagalog. My people, Pinoy. <laughs> yes. Come and volunteer with us. Um, because we really, we do have a lot of other Asian languages, but we're really looking for Tagalog and really to have a subject expert to really dive into that community right. because we we know that it is a really um, insulated community that yes. we have not been able to bro- break into yet. And we'd really love to have a, someone who specializes in that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. That has been my that was my faith community for many years, almost 20 years. And I knew of the various demographics. Right. But now working there every day in that county, I had no idea that the disparity mm-hmm. amongst the county Interesting. It's really interesting. But a lot of people with means who are coming out of the woodwork and helping. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's been a really good experience. Yeah. Well, when we come back, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about. So we know what the lay lay of the land looks like. We know uh, we know that there's this challenge in terms of respect and honor. And and then we have these different groups of people living in different areas right and and we didn't even talk about the economic uh mm. you know uh slices there but when we come back i'd love to just kind of brainstorm a bit you know what can we do pra- mm-hmm. pra- you know pra- from a practical standpoint to take this on and make some changes in San Mateo County and 
And uh, I know you guys are already already moving in that way, but let's share it with the listening audience. And we'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Again, please do give us a call, 844-249-2698. We'd love to hear from you. Is this this message resonating with you? Would you like to hear more of these types of... uh, Topics, or is there something else you'd like us to talk about? Um, we'd love to hear from you. Also, you can get previous podcasts on abolitionradio.org. And of course, we invite you to give, and that is at loveneverfailsus.com forward slash donate. And um, so, just kind of digging a little bit into uh, some scenarios, I, I, I want to share with you over the last week. And if you guys could please keep this in your prayers, uh, we've had many, many young people uh, missing. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, we were looking for a 12 year old, a uh, 15 year old. Now we have a 17 year old and they're just it's, it's almost happening every day that we're getting a call saying we have a missing child. And anytime you hear that you have a missing child, you can pretty much bet. We know that statistically speaking, within 48 hours, a third of all missing children will be recruited for sex trafficking or at least solicited. Uh, and so that is an alarming stat. Uh, and but it's very real. And and, and oftentimes I, I don't have the data su- to support this, but I often think when a child is missing, they are very likely being abused in some way mm-hmm. wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, dare I say, you know, being sexually harmed in some way. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're obviously very motivated to get them back and get them back quickly. So please do. Um, keep all these children that are being reported in and missing adults as well, young adults like transitional age youth, quite a bit of that as well. Keep them in your prayers. But but just thinking, you know, Amanda, you, so you're getting calls from people that are missing, that people that have just been raped, mm-hmm. uh, people um, that are in the hospital and needing, you know, immediate support. Tell me without, you know, without breaking confidentiality, um, is there a time that kind of comes, jumps out to you that says, you know, that that will make the listening audience understand the heart that you have and and how hard this is, but how important it is that we change culture so this can be prevented? Absolutely. In fact, we had a we had a we had a trafficking case actually recently that I had the opportunity to work with a young woman. And, um, you know, we always have this reservation I think when we go to these cases because we never know who we're going to who's going to show up right so it could be somebody who's like I don't need you I don't want you and or it can be someone who's just decidedly um openly broken yeah in front of you right. um and this this young woman was was magical in her in her strength and her resilience and in her ability to tell her story yeah um but when I showed up, it was very clear that she hadn't had anything to eat in quite a while. Mm. Um, and so, the you know, there's lots of chaos happening all around her as mm-hmm. medical people and social workers and all kinds of things are showing up. And I sat down with her and I just said, you know, hi, my name's Amanda. I'm here to support you. And the first thing I want to do is ask you, are you hungry? Mm-hmm. And she was like, 
I haven't eaten in three days. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, yeah. what if you could eat anything right now, what could it be? Yeah. And she was like, I really just want a glass of water and a sandwich. And I said, cool. Absolutely, I can do that. And so while all this chaos was happening, I was able to walk with her, get a sandwich. She got to choose any of the ingredients that she wanted, right? Giving her little tiny choices just so that she knew that she was in control, at least of this sandwich purchase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when we got back, she, we went through a a six-hour medical exam. Mm -hmm. And she was so incredibly brave. And just was telling us about her life, who she missed, who she really wanted to be with. Um, We were able to find her family and get them back to her rather quickly. And I only spent about 24 hours with this young person. But she touched my soul. And she has stayed in touch and let me know that she is home and that she is hanging in there. And it's not easy. Yeah. Um, But she knows that she has a safe adult Who's first of all not going to judge her, mm-hmm. right? Who is not going to ask why questions, right? Yeah, and who, if she ever finds herself back in San Mateo County, will know that she can find me again, right? Well, and right. twenty four hours a day, we will respond. Yes, isn't that so important that she knows that someone is there for her who's not going to ask her the why questions? Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter the advocate; it doesn't matter the why. No. Just to be there. Just yeah. be present. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and there are lots of cases, lots of times where we respond and actually we don't even hear the story of the assault. Right. Right. All we know is that we got them exactly what they needed and we sat in silence. And I think that we have this problem solving mentality mm-hmm. when we meet someone that like we need to fix them. Yeah. And RTS believes very, very strongly that that survivors are the experts in their own healing. Yes. And we only need to, you know, it's the hardest thing to do is just to sit yeah, and allow for them to have whatever they need, feelings or no feelings, anger or whatever, and then to just be there. Right. And we're the only person within a huge multidisciplinary team whose role is to not have anything to do with the investigation. Right. And so we can really just, just sit, listen. And, you know, even in silence, just send, you know, we're kind of smizing, right, mm-hmm. with them, a support and love. Yeah. And allowing them to feel safe. Interesting. You know, yeah. and, and it's that is so important, you know, even for families, mm-hmm. you know, because I think in a lot of instances, if, if families had that mentality. Absolutely. We wouldn't have. The kids would come. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we, we might not have the child to leave in the first place. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, this past Sunday at church, um, we had a, a guest speaker to end our reconciliation, uh, racial reconciliation theme series. series. Uh-huh. And this, I took a picture of mm-hmm. this particular slide and I, it just sticks with me. And, and I try to do this. Our job is to love others without stopping to inquire whether or not they are worthy. That's right. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, to just love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to just, like you said, mm-hmm. just be there to offer your presence, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to hold a hand maybe, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. to smize, as you said, with yep. them so that you may not have to say a word, Yeah, but just being there. Yeah. Yeah. And they can see that you're there and that you're with them. Yeah. yeah I've, I, I've often heard from people that 
I could just tell you love me by the way you looked at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the way you look at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you commit mm-hmm. to loving in that way, um, there's something about it. You know, yeah. it's a spiritual mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. is, it's, it's not, um, you know, you're not trying to change anybody. You're yeah. not trying to no. be yeah. their savior. Yeah. No, absolutely right? not. They don't need one. <clears throat> what they need is someone who will just stand by and witness what's happening. Yeah. And, and I get a witness. That's yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. It. <laughs> and, you know, I will often have people and my, my kids are really used to this. They will come up to me and hug me in a grocery store at the farmer's market or something mm-hmm. like that. And I won't recognize them. Mm-hmm. Because they look so different mm-hmm. than the day that I saw them, right. yeah. you know, right. right after that trauma. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they may be seeing someone at RTS for counseling or whatever it is. But, you know, I I will see them and it's it's their back. You know, yeah. it's them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they'll just say thank you mm-hmm. and give me a hug. And, yeah. you know, it is. It's amazing to, as I said, it's a privilege and an honor to be that person Mm -hmm. Um, and also to be able to know. And we say this all the time, you know, you can RTS will will be here until we're no longer needed. And so Mm -hmm. if you need a tune up. If those mm. trauma responses change over time, then you can come back in. And so we often see children at the hospital and then they come in as teenagers and then they come back as adults on their spring break. And maybe as an adult, when they've made a home, they will come in and, mm. you know, we can see them heal because we know that it's a journey mm-hmm. and we understand that, you know, there's nothing that needs to be fixed unless you decide that it's time to do that. Yeah. That's right. That's really cool. That's good. So what I'm taking, just some takeaways for the listening audience. Number one, I would say you you need to take some time to educate yourself Mm -hmm. um, on, you know, what is it in our culture that is sort of lending itself to thinking that it's okay to take, you know, to take advantage of another, Mm -hmm. either sexually or making, you know, having someone work for free or less than their worth. What is that? What is going on in our culture so that when we get to an incident, Right. We, we, we understand the under We have the academia, mm. if you will, mm. that helps us to understand, you know, it's not, uh, you know, like uh, oftentimes I see some villainizing of an exploiter, mm-hmm. uh, be, a, 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 especially when, you know, and it, it troubles me when the exploiter is a 16 year old boy. Yes. And and you're going like, oh, he's horrible. He's selling that person. You go, wait, hold on. Yeah. Hold on a minute. Let's look at Think the big about picture. why this has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's turn the problem solving mm-hmm. on us. Mm. Instead of wondering about him, let's think about how we have turned a blind eye mm-hmm. when that young man was being molested when he mm-hmm. was five. Right. right. And how we've not made services right. available to him and made right. it safe for him to mm-hmm. get the services. Right. And then how he lived in poverty, stealing and dro- going from house to house and foster home to foster home. And to the point where he didn't have anything left mm-hmm. to, to, to do, but turn himself over to the very thing mm-hmm. that, that, that ruined him. That's right. Okay. And so until we're ready right. to do that problem solve on us, right. we can't be ready to right. really in the moment when we hear from our niece and our nephew, I've been raped. Right. We want to say, well, let me problem solve on you. Right. But it's not about what that. What did you do to deserve that? What yeah. were you wearing? Right. Yes. Right. Or who were you with? Right. Mm-hmm. Or were you high? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you hadn't been hanging out with those right. people, if you mm-hmm. weren't right. so fast. Right. Right. All those attitudes come from a false sense that we can protect ourselves yeah. and others. It has to uh, be by those behaviors. 
we have to begin to uh, think about those things much sooner mm-hmm. than the incident. Right. So we'll come back. Maybe some final words from Amanda about other things the community can do to begin to change this culture and how, again, we can support you at RTS and, of course, some events. So thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We have just had a wonderful time today Mm -hmm. with Amanda LeBlanc Freeman from RTS in San Mateo. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. It's been an honor and a privilege. Thanks. Yeah. So you you had a a final uh, suggestion and plea for those who are listening. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the, the... thing that people can do for each other is just to believe the yeah. person and to even if their their story their experience doesn't make sense to you that's okay trauma doesn't make sense yeah. none of this makes sense just believe them and get them connected to a service mm. Uh, in San Mateo County, it's Rape Trauma Services. If you live somewhere else in the Bay Area, we're very well aware of the good places to go mm-hmm. to get help. Um, and really just just believe them, listen, and honor honor them um, mm-hmm. for the trauma that they have experienced. And um, before you guys get started, I just want to say that we have a website, yes. www.rapetraumaservices.org. We are uh, looking for volunteers. Yes. Uh, so please visit the website and you can contact us to become a volunteer. We always need help. Um, and also, if you are inclined to give, we would love to have a donation yes. um, for rapetraumaservices.org. Thank you so much. Woo, yes, cool. absolutely. Yes, support. Um, and then, of course, we want to encourage you again, give us a call. Um, let us know um, how this impacted your life. Was this was this uh, some did you take away some nuggets today? Uh, you can call us at 844-249-2698. Press two and leave a message and we will get back to you. And uh, we have some other events going on in the community. Yeah, yeah. lots happening, lots happening as usual. Um, next week, if you happen to be coming to the National CCDA Conference, um, stop by. I'll be doing a workshop on the essential role of the local church. Um, human trafficking and the essential role of the local church, the church's response. Um, come and give a shout out. Let us know you're listening to Abolition Radio right where you are online. On the 19th, um, Alameda County Department of Social, Department of the Status of Women, excuse me, are having, is having um, panel discussions. One, through the looking glass, Uncovering Human Trafficking and Domestic Violence. Two panels at Chabot College, 5.30 to 9.30. I'll be on the Human Trafficking panel there. And on the 29th, Vanessa will be speaking at Bay Church on Funkston in San Francisco um, on that Sunday morning, 10.30. So come on out and support her there. And the next day on the 30th, uh, SFCAT, San Francisco Collaborative Against Human Trafficking, will be having their annual conference. This year's theme is Industries Impacted by Human Trafficking, the Business and Community 
fighting back. So come on out. It will be at the Federal Building in San Francisco on that day. Arrive early. Begins at 830. You have to have a government-issued ID to get in. and But you can check out the website for cost and things of that nature. Um, on the 21st, we have our monthly outreach. Contact streets at loveneverfailsus.com. We will be going to the San Francisco, San Mateo area for this month, for next month, I should say. And um, if you have uh, some nice, neat used suits for women as well as men, come help our double portion store um, and our work closet. And you can find us at 22580 Grand Street in Hayward. You can come out and shop there or come out and bring things to donate. We are also, you can find Double Portion also on, on Facebook. And check us out at loveneverfailsus.com at www.loveneverfailsus.com and, and help us with our One of a Million campaign. You can um, connect there at... Um, the donate button or the slash million to give to be one of a million ways to give. And we're only asking for one dollar per month and you letting someone else know to give one dollar per month. And you can be one of a million ways to help us. Yeah. One of a million ways to solve this issue. And and when we think about that, I mean, we, we, we thought, how how easy is that? Right. Mm-hmm. You might be thinking, oh, a dollar is not very much. But if a million people gave a dollar a month, we would have $12 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would be able to uh, do a ton of housing. Yes. Yeah, we've already mm-hmm. been, you know, just with the two houses we have, we've provided housing for 81 women and third children. How many more can we reach? And that's in two years. In right? two and a half years. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and so there's just lots to be done. And, and, and it's, we can't do it without you. So please come and support what we're doing. But. Of course, we just want to end. We want to make sure you know, if you haven't heard it before, uh, that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.